You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Have you ever felt like your family was an entirely different race than human? Lord knows I have. Guys, today we are going to be discussing uh, fantasy mythical races. We're talking dwarves, giants, orcs, elves, human, and more. Guys, this is Systematic Geekology, episode number 71. It's been a while since I've known what episode I was on. We are the Priest of the Geeks. We're super excited to talk about this one. And if you guys want to talk to us about this one, other than just listen to us, you know what you could do? You could go to Facebook.com. You could look up Priest to the Geeks group. You could join us over there. We share memes. We talk about the episode. We just have a good time cutting it up over there and would encourage you to join us doing so. I am Joshua Knoll. I am a fourth year biblical study student who's really finished his fourth year and is just doing like a couple extra classes that he needs to wrap it all up over the summer. Super excited about that. And I recently, I've talked about this one a lot, but you know what? Joe's talked about The Last Ronin so long on this show that I feel like I'm okay to mention. I'm really enjoying Ice Cream Man comic books. They're just that right kind of dark and twisted that I'm like, this is this is just my wheelhouse. They're probably R-rated. So, uh, you know, just be advised. But man, poetic, fun, goodness. Um, during the quarantine issues, it's pretty much revealed that Ice Cream Man is the serpent from the garden. You know, he's Satan, basically. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Definitely would recommend it if you're, uh, you got the stomach for it. <laughs> I've heard that those Ice Cream Man uh, issues are really good. I haven't read any of those myself, but I know iFanboy really liked that quarantine issue, so I might have to go try to track that one down. I liked issue one a lot. Like It, it was okay. one of the rare times where it hooked me from the beginning. And they're not like an ongoing. Well, I guess there is an ongoing story, but for the most part, it's just like one offs. OK, that's what I was heard. like. And that makes you think it really makes you think maybe we'll do an R rated version of systematic ecology and talk about it one day. <laughs> systematic ecology at night. Hey, everyone, I'm Brandon. <laughs> I'm a dad. And even though I'm a parent now, the geeking doesn't stop because recently I started season eight of The Simpsons and I just always feel accomplished. I always feel like I've done something when I start a new season of The Simpsons, even though I'm still like over 20 seasons away from even remotely being caught up. But it's fun. Eventually, they're going to start playing Simpsons on the History Channel because it just gets everything so correct. It does get everything so correct. I'll have to look at I'm sure there's books on it. There's got to be books on like <laughs> why the Simpson are, Simpsons are always correct. If it doesn't exist yet, you guys can look forward to checking out Brandon Knight's first book. How the Simpsons <laughs> right. predicted the end of the universe. Right. <laughs> I mean, they got a lot right. My favorite is whenever they poke fun at Disney. Because now, now, now the mouse owns them. Now they are Disney. And they are like squeezing that. all the money out of it they can. Yeah, I like how Disney wasn't like, let's let's uh, censor these episodes or take these out where they criticize us. They were like, let's keep this going. Let's just keep it going. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> we do suck. Tell us more, Simpsons. Tell us more. How, how are we doing? Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> what are we doing today? <laughs> Yeah, guys, I 
I'm excited for this episode. It's super random and uh, I love random. It's where I thrive. We're going to be discussing the mythical, the fantasy races of everything. And we're not specifically talking about any IP. We're just discussing in general. You know, we all know in fantasy there's wood elves, there's dark elves, there's all kinds of stuff. And today, there's no way we could possibly discuss all of them, but we will discuss some of our favorites. Um, and part of why I want to do this is because I, I'm gonna, I'll be honest with you guys. I think it's just a really good setup to talk about the difference between ethnicity and race. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I want, I want to talk about that. This is a good excuse to do that. And uh, Brandon just had a kid, so I could use this to ask him what ethnical, cultural stuff that he wants to pass down to his child. We're playing oh. off the fact that Brandon's now a dad. This is, this is all knowledge, this is. his first episode recording as a dad for Systematic Ecology. Correct. The As we are recording this, the Godzilla episode just came out, which I am on, but we recorded that back in March, everybody. So I actually have been <laughs> gone, believe it or not. Don't tell for, them our secrets. <laughs> I've been gone for like a month, technically. But uh, it's good to be no back. No one ever know. <laughs> no one ever know. It's good to be back, though. I got to a point where, you know, I started listening to the show and Joe is hosting as host one. I was like, OK, it's time for me to come back. Like, it's just weird. Like, he's fine. He did fine at it. But I'm like, this is different. Hearing Joe's voice first is just weird. But yeah, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the nat- the races of different mythical creatures. This should be fun. Joe is a is a great host one, but I've really come to just associate Brandon asking questions to this show specifically. And so fact, Josh, even when I'm talking to Brandon, if he asks a question, like I, I'm listening for our theme music or something, I'm like, what's, what's going on? And he's like, Josh, I'm just talking to you. Like, I'm just, oh. just having a conversation. I just want to know what your favorite energy drink is. Come on. <laughs> like, oh, this is we're starting a whole new episode. Josh, we're, we're not even we're not recording <laughs> we're not recording anything josh what's your favorite mythical creature this is tough do atlanteans count um i'm gonna say yes although normally i th- i'm thinking fantasy creatures because you and i own this corner of fantasy creature fantasy yeah, like, stuff but it's not quite fa- do mermaids count as fantasy i think so yeah that's like borderline i don't think atlanteans count as fantasy it's also borderline but i think it's like right across the line yeah if i'm going to go fantasy this is this is weird um from specifically from elden Sorry, Elden Ring. From Elder Scrolls, Argonians. Argonians are some of my favorite. And I definitely think that counts as as the fantasy realm because Elder Scrolls is very fantasy. Yeah. Um, I I love sea cultures. I love sea adjacent cultures. I particularly this is really weird Um, for all of our Shrek lovers to like this, I guess. I love swamp things, anything related to swamps or like Florida type culture. So the fact that the Argonians is like reptile, it's like swamp ish. It's also like deep water. They can breathe underwater. And it's like just a part of who they are, part of their culture. And I'm like that I relate to as someone who grew up in Florida and as someone who just loves the swamps and loves. I do. I love marshes. That's really strange, I guess. I do. I really enjoy it. (laughs) 
You know, as you're starting to get more into DC Comics, you should probably read Alan Moore's Saga of the Swamp Thing at some point. Just going to put that one out there for you. I've always thought Swamp Thing was better than was, was a Marvel's version was like Man Thing or something. Yeah, the worst named character in history. Yes. Yeah, it was just bad. <laughs> <laughs> when I met my wife there for a while, she was dating another guy. Believe it or not, she dated someone other than me. I don't understand why she didn't just wait for the perfect man, but whatever. Um, <laughs> what a thought. Can't help myself. Uh, I and I, we were friends. And I referred to this guy exclusively either as Swamp Thing or Man Thing. <laughs> I would not use his name. <laughs> Gross. He was either Swamp Thing or Man Thing. That's man. who he was. <laughs> I still would rather be known as Swamp Thing than Man Thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? At hindsight, I should have exclusively used Man Thing. <laughs> That's rough. Although that sounds a little. If you don't know the comic book history, that sounds a little less unappealing. Sure. That sounds right. Um, Swamp thing sounds more gross. <laughs> yes. Sounds appropriately gross. So let me ask you this then. Loch Ness Monster. What's your take on the Loch Ness Monster? We're we're pretty good friends. Okay. I write to it every now and then. <laughs> no, I I full this is this is uh I'm not a conspiracy theorist on anything like that. I don't necessarily think there's a monster in the Loch Ness because I think we would have found it by now. But I definitely think there are water creatures that we are unaware of that might be huge. Mm. And I definitely think I think that we are very arrogant to assume we have found all of the creatures that there are to find and that, you know, Sasquatch can't exist. There is no Bigfoot. There is no lot. You know, we're very arrogant to think that there aren't creatures we haven't found. That being said, Loch Ness is pretty small. We probably would have found it. I would. You would think you would think so, although. In How I Met Your Mother, Nessie is a gentle creature. Um, so maybe she's <laughs> just hanging out at the bottom of the of Loch Ness. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about the Loch Ness Monster. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, a little bit more. There's a Leviathan in episode at some point for the show. I did hear Joe and Will talk about at some point we should do a conspiracy theories episode. So we will chalk this one up to that conversation. I have a lot to say about the Leviathan in the Bible, but it's it's more of a, I don't know how, how ready our listeners are for that, because I, I treat it very much like it's literature and a lot less like this is historical fact. I I don't assume that it's necessarily historical fact that there was a Leviathan, but I also don't assume that it's not. I think that's fair. I think that's a good place to I be at. An open question. I think so. Yeah. OK, so talking, <laughs> talking fantasy, talking these different races, all of that. Brandon, how how did you first come into fantasy? How did you first realize there were different races and all this other craziness that we're about to get into? Um, I'm trying to think back. What was my earliest exposure to the fantasy genre? You know, everyone kind of grows up with a working knowledge of some form of fairy tales, you know, Little Red Riding Hood and uh, Three Little Pigs and all that that have, you know, alive animal creatures which i think could be a small part of this i would say it probably has to come either from the chronicles of narnia or the lord of the rings was my first like real exposure to elves and dwarves and dryads and dragons and all these different things i have dabbled lightly in D, 
which is this is the part where I wish TJ would have been able to be on this episode because yeah. I know he could talk a lot about this stuff. I don't really <laughs> care about playing D&D, but the building of a character in RPG is really cool. I like that part. Uh, and in D&D, there are so many different options that you can go with. I built a character once that I never used that was I forgot what it's called, but it's like a half man, half dragon race. <clears throat> and I made him a monk. Because it was just kind of cool to have this like super, you know, what should be violent barbarian character that was actually very peace loving and very wise. Yeah, uh, TJ has a, or had a character. Um, I see if I if I pronounce this right, where its race was a kinku. OK, which is like a, a bird man. Nice. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. D&D is a great place for these kind of fantasy races. I, I think that my first. It, it, okay, to be fair, it very well could be a video game that I'm not remembering because I have played a lot of fantasy video games over the years. Okay. But I think it was the cartoon Hobbit. Oh. <laughs> I think that might have been the first interaction I had with any of this. Interesting. So for those listening, trying to think of why this kind of matters that why do they want to hear us ramble on about mythical races and all that kind of things? A lot of times... These are fillers for talking about how we handle race in real life or how we discuss, you know, things as in what we're capable of, what we're not capable of. A lot of times it's just fun to think of what if if someone could live a thousand years? Well, they'd have to have pointy ears. Naturally, they'd have to be an elf. Apparently. (laughs) Yeah. And which, you know, also gets into why time lords are really cool. We're talking about mythical races, not fantasy, but sci fi. They are super cool. They are. Um, (laughs) so i I think it's a good framework to talk about these other things Mm -hmm. um so i want to just throw this to you see what you would say what would you say are the five main mythical races like when we're talking about fantasy race we know there's elf what what other four is human is assumed as well that's up to you okay you're the boss okay you're a dad now i'm just a guy well listen here son um <laughs> by the way the look hasn't changed i do not have a midwestern dad stash anyway um no oh no you don't want that <laughs> uh, so yeah elves are probably i would say the most common option the most well-known option followed up by dwarves that's probably the the big two of most well-known most well-used orc and ogre which are two different things rounding it out and we're just going to I'm not going to count human human is the species that like when you play that game of what three books are you going to take with you on a desert island? And when a bunch of Christians play it, you also have to make the caveat that, yes, you do have a copy of the Bible. So we're just going to assume, <laughs> yes, there are humans. So elves, dwarves, ogres, orcs, dragons, dragons count. I there am unsure. There is a race in in um, Elder Scrolls that's like part dragon, yeah, but part human. Yeah, I don't remember what that's called, but man, is it cool? It is. I like those hobbits. I'll just say hobbits. I'll just lean yeah, into hobbits the fact that I'm, I'll lean into my gimmick. Yeah, uh, hobbits. <laughs> okay, so there is a game called Munchkin. Have you heard of it? Oh, of course. <laughs> it is very fantasy. And uh, basically, one. you start off as a human with no class. Ha ha. You have no class. That's 
literally what the rules say. I just, it's a thing. As the you rules go, you are get fun. cards where you get classes, you get races, different stuff. And it's like an RP. It's like D and D, but with cards. Yeah. So the races in the original Munchkin game are elf, dwarf, halfling, which is a hobbit, but they couldn't say hobbit because middle earth has a copyright orc and gnome. gnome. I would not have thought of gnome. Okay. It would have been a while yeah. before I got to gnome. Yeah. I'm, you know, they didn't they didn't say did they say dwarf? Okay, they do have elf yeah. and dwarf, which is good. I don't know if you know this, Brandon, but you know that there is a tier on our on our uh, Patreon for elves and dwarves where they get all kinds of extra bonuses on top of the regular bonuses. Should we describe it to them or should we get them a box? I, I think they should go to patreon.com forward slash systematic ecology and uh, look at the different tiers and maybe decide if they want to be an elf or a dwarf. Could be obviously, cool. Obviously, the answer is dwarf. Because I'm just going to shoot this shot. Elves are stuck up in everything. Don't be an right. elf. Brandon hates. I like Legolas, though, except for in the Hobbit movies, where apparently he can defy gravity and control animals with his mind. Well, you know, when you add a character that wasn't in the book that you you can. What are the rules? Just, just they can just do whatever you want. It really didn't bother me that much till the third movie where there's this random seed where he like time slows down and he climbs up rocks that are mid falling. I'm like, that's not how gravity works, guys. And then he like jumps on an animal and like mind melds it or something. And I'm like, what on earth is happening? Yeah, because that's the weird thing about fantasy is that you do have to suspend your you have to suspend belief to some degree because we are talking about elves and dwarves and ogres, but there are still rules. There, even in well, a world broke of a magic. lot of them in that third Hobbit movie. Yeah, <laughs> broke yeah, a lot of those rules. A lot of the rules. Yeah. So if those are the main ones, uh, what, what did what did you say? You said elves, dwarves, hobbits, orcs, orcs ogres, and ogres. Oh man, ogres is a good one. That's a good pool. Which ones? Well, okay. Well, before before we get to that, which ones exist? Since this is our year of C.S. Lewis, which ones exist in Narnia that either do or don't exist in Lord of the Rings? Let's compare those two, because they have different races. Okay. Um, like, uh, well, dwarves are in what the name of the race is. Yeah, what's the name of the race that's like uh, the goat person? And the centaur. I know they have centaurs. They also have goat people. A fawn, like Mister Tumnus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a fawn. That does not exist. <laughs> Centaurs and fawns don't exist in Lord of the Rings. Do they? Right. Correct. Actually, Tolkien was really, I wouldn't say mad, but he was frustrated with Lewis because Lewis pulled from so many different uh, mythologies to build his world. You got a little bit of Greek, a little bit of Roman, a little bit of Old English to put together. I mean, you even got Father Christmas. And Tolkien <laughs> didn't like that. He would have rathered if Lewis would have just taken this core group from this era of mythology or of fantasy to build out Narnia, which is why you can almost say the Lord of the Rings has more like the starter pack when it comes to the uh, characters that they have. Yeah. Narnia was uh, American Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, they're both created in, in England, but you know how like right. uh, the U S is supposed to be like the melting pot. That's sure. what Narnia was. It had a little yeah, bit of like Greek a little mythology, bit of- a little bit of fantasy, a little bit. Yeah. Like you just had a little bit of everything thrown in there. Um, so that, that was our, that was our um, obligatory nod at our theme of the year. Of course. Also, I'm pretty proud of myself. I don't feel the need to run my normal Lord of the Rings disclaimers for this one, because we're just talking about the different species. So it's fine. <laughs> 
Now I'm interested. What would those disclaimers be? Josh, I say it every time. You're the guy in all of these episodes with me. What the Lord of the Rings is really about. <laughs> I don't feel like we have to talk about that. I think we do a little bit when we talk about hobbits. Because when we get into the culture of a hobbit, it is the simpler things. Whereas the culture of the orcs and stuff is, and that was sort of the point. A lot of the yeah. point that um, Tolkien made had to do with how the rate had to do with the races, right? The ethnic background to, uh, they're not orcs. What are the ones that um, Sauron or Saruman, what he makes them? The Urukai. Urukai, yeah. Urukai. Yeah, yeah. The, and those are just a direct product of industrialism. Right. As opposed to the Hobbit's simpler way of life, which leads into my final, my final fantasy race question, Brandon. Okay. One thing that I find really interesting that we've been talking about is just kind of the different cultures that each one has. You know, it's very distinct culture of the hobbits kind of having that simpler life or elves have their own distinct culture where you think they're very stuck up um, <laughs> because they are. Go on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I kind of agree. They, they they seem like the kind of people who exclusively shop at Whole Foods. They are the holier than thou characters because they usually have this longevity to them and have been around and are very wise. Like it's good to have elves on your team, especially if they're carrying a boy, a bow and arrow. But they're also, also annoying. Very stuck up. <laughs> they remind me of uh, the episode of How I Met Your Mother, where uh, Lily and Marshall wanted to drink the wine. They're like, oh, we have to wait for the. For the, I don't even know what it's called. You have oh, to wait, yeah. Let it age or whatever it was. Right. And they're like, we just want to drink the wine. And I, that's right. what makes me think of elves. I feel like elves are the ones who are like, we have to wait before. We, no, no, listen, just just give me the mead. The, the, the dwarves just want to drink the mead. Yeah. So, what culture of all these races, which one do you find most compelling? Most compelling? I mean, for me, that would probably be, that probably would be the hobbits because it is that simplistic life a lot of food a lot of beautiful terrain to sit out and look at and then just it's very much indulgence in the best possible way you know it's not overindulgence in the good things although there are some fat hobbises out there um <laughs> but i would say the hobbit shire life of just i'm enjoying life i don't need to wear shoes and socks just gonna walk around barefoot everywhere <laughs> have my have my drink. I'm not allowed to smoke, so I will forgo my pipe, but I will have my drink and enjoy watching Gandalf shoot off fireworks. Nice, nice. Um This is this is a tough question for me, thinking about which one's most compelling. I mentioned Argonians. Sure. They can breathe underwater. They have the kind of like reptile. I, I like that kind of culture. Reminds me of Florida. Um obviously, you know, even if we're including mermaids. Being in the ocean, being a merman would be kind of cool. I don't know if it sells me. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a question before I answer. Okay. How would you describe the culture of ogres since you included that as your main Ooh. five? I mean, I think the depiction. Correct. Is Shrek correct? I mean, I would say so of just like these are barbarians. They're barbarians. They're barbaric creatures. I, I don't know if you get the misunderstood part unless you watch Shrek. Um, but just these creatures that kind of want to be left to themselves, but will easily go to war if they are being bothered. Huh? I think. OK, so so now that I have that answer, depending on the day you ask me, 
Okay. Either the dwarf culture of everyone being together, drinking meat and eating meat Mm -hmm. and, you know, talking about weaponry and all that. Either that would be the most compelling to me. Or if you talk to me on the right day where I want to be left alone, which is honestly more days than not. I'd probably really like that ogre. I live in a swamp. Everyone just leave me alone. Everyone just leave me alone. I like that culture. Going into this, I thought you were going to say dwarf. I, ca- I kind of got that vibe. I'm just like, hey, yeah. let's hang out. Let's have a drink. Let's eat food. It always comes back to Thanksgiving somehow with Josh. So let's just <laughs> yeah. hang out. Be thankful for our weapons and our good meat and hope the mines of Moria don't get captured. What's funny is like, I feel like the way I act, I probably act more like an elf where I'm like high culture and thinking and stuff. But like in my in my heart, I want to justify living as a dwarf or an ogre. There we go. Yeah. Um, Guys, let us know what you which one you find most compelling. If you're listening, you can be a part of this conversation. Just go to our website, systematicgeekology.org. We have a little chat thing on there. Let us know which fantasy race do you find most compelling in their culture before we can talk any deeper and further about this brandon we have to discuss what is the difference between race and ethnicity race and ethnicity okay well i for me i think this changes a little bit if we're going to start bringing this now into the real real world because there is just the human race but there are many ethnicities are you still tracking with me? Okay. Okay. At least that's the perspective that I have always, I shouldn't ha- say always. That's the perspective that I have grown into since college um, is that we're all humans. So we're all part of the same race, but there are different ethnicities and nationalities throughout the world that changes the humans from one group to the next. Yeah. I, I would largely agree. I, I do think there is a still a further distinction you might be able to make between, you know, your race as in like being from a particular people group as okay. opposed to being from a particular culture. I think ethnicity okay. has a lot more to do with culture than DNA, basically. Sure. Okay. Um, I, this is definitely an area that I am still figuring out because it's important, you know, it is important for us to be able to dialogue about these things in a way that is honoring to everybody and their cultures and their nationalities and their traditions without it just stepping all over them. You know, I think it's important that we, that we interact with people, not just our brothers and sisters in Christ, but people should be treated with respect regardless of their nationality, their race, their ethnicity their background and we should care to learn a little bit about it yeah and and i feel like a lot of times you run into problems that people have concerning the difference between these two particularly in america is when it concerns like um i hate to be the person to use the term latinx but i can't think of a better term right now the latinx kind of group where they're like oh look i'm doing this and it's obviously you're referring to Mexican culture, whereas opposed to the person you're speaking to might be Puerto Rican. Sure. And has nothing to do with Mexican culture. Right. And even though they might be the same, like DNA, racial background, whatever, Mm -hmm. very different ethnical groups. Right. Right. And I think that's where we get in some of the problems with that. And even, you know, as Brandon and I are both, you know, white guys, pretty basic white guys. (laughs) 
I'm from the Midwest. I'm very basic. Yeah. We probably have different ethnical histories. Mm. Probably. Maybe. Um, and what wouldn't we do not have time to delve fully into all of the different nuances between race and ethnicity and all that. But I do think there's a place to discuss, especially as the world becomes more and more unified. We all get closer to one another in DNA and all that other stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're moving around and all coming to the same places. There's still a place where we want to hold on to our family history, the culture that brought us up. Yeah. And I guess my question is more, what do we want to hold on to and what do we want to let go of? And Brandon, hmm. as this being your first episode as a dad. Okay. For little Cooper, what are some family, some ethnic cultural traditions that you want to pass down to him? And what do you maybe not want to pass down to him? Interesting. I mean, this may sound silly, but the first thing that comes to mind is food. So you're welcome, Josh. Um, My family is on my mom's side is largely Polish, Eastern European. And my wife, Claire, she comes from a more German family. So. All that to say, there's a lot of good food that comes from both of those. And that is a way that we legitimately appreciate our family heritage is by enjoying these good meals. I got to tell you, my grandmother cooks so much food at holidays. It's great. Um, I don't know. I'm coming. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There will still be plenty. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that would definitely be something of to simply introduce him to our basic white culture is through food. I having these conversations reminds me of the Disney channel movie, luck of the Irish, where the boy is trying to figure out, you know what, where he, where they're from. And the dad keeps saying really early on, we're from Cleveland, son. Like I want to be a little bit better than that of just like, we're from Northwest Indiana. Go region. Yes. My boy, you're a region rat. Um, which is what they call us out here. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. As for stuff that want to leave behind, that's a that's a heavy one. I think truly one thing that I would like to continue to help my child and help myself grow into is a better understanding that other people do things differently and that's fine and that's good and that's normal. And just because we do things differently doesn't mean that it's bad because I was kind of raised in this world where I was kind of raised in this world where, you know, our way was the right way all of the time, even on like the simplest of things. And I don't I don't want that for him. You know, I it wasn't until I went to college. that I started realizing that other people had different life experiences that were different from mine. And it was fine. It was kind of treated that like the way that I was raised is the only way. And I don't want that for him. I want him to know that there are other people who do things differently. And I want him to experience more of that. Yeah, I think my answer would be largely the same. I'm not expecting to have a kid, but, you know, my brother has kids or, you know, the next generation of Knowles that will exist because there's so many cousins. So oh, OK, many. <laughs> there will inevitably be more Knowles. OK, Um, I that's sort of what I think of. I, you know, I feel a special connection to Florida. I feel a connection to the swamp and to the ocean and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I would want this next generation of Knowles to see the Tennessee mountains, right? To see the Kentucky mm. hillside that we kind of grew up in. Like that's, we have a connection to that land, I feel like. And then food, it's something's wrong. If the next generation of Knowles don't know how to make country gravy, Ooh. I have a serious problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you know, if I don't get to pass on how I smoke a turkey or. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah my, my obligatory Thanksgiving reference. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. I, or, uh, you know. I feel that, though, because I'm a big uh, charcoal grill like that is Ooh, charcoal grill. Nice. Nothing else. Yeah. And that I yeah. already have grilled once since Cooper has been home. And I was like, all right, boy, get out here. It's time to show you how to light the grill. Perfect. You're doing it correctly. <laughs> already four oh. days old. Let's do this, kid. Man, my dad's burger. I grew up thinking my dad's burgers were the best burgers in the world. And I took it. And then you know what I did? I made them better. There we go. And. That, that's what I want. I want my I want the next generation to take the country gravy that we make now, the burgers that we make now and improve them. You know, I want theirs to be yeah. better than ours. I think and that's a I, I think it's a healthy mentality, too, because I think a lot of times when you talk about family culture, family history, it stops at this is this is the way it's the Mandalorian. This is the way that we do things. It's not this mentality of this is the way that we do things. And now we're going to do things better. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's important to do that. And then even more so, you know, we certain churches comes up with you, you know, and I don't necessarily want my kid to go to the exact same church as me. I want him to question it. I want him to deconstruct and rebuild his faith as his own. Mm. And um, yeah, so largely I'm just uh, agreeing with Brandon, whether I have my own kid or whether it's just a different generation of Knowles. There's a connection to the land. There's a connection to the food, but I want them to be better. Mm. I want them to rebuild. And um mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that before we wrap this one up? I think I think I have said my piece. I think we covered it. We should wrap it. All right. Nice. Nice. So uh, that being said, uh, if I had to give a recommendation uh, specifically over this topic, I'm going to go with um, playing the game I mentioned earlier. Munchkins, the card game. Hmm. Fantastic game. You, you all should play it. I... I'm going to echo that and also say watch the Netflix series Disenchanted. It's a Matt Groening cartoon. I started this off by talking about The Simpsons and now we're coming back to Matt. So it's pretty funny. It's different from his other shows like Simpsons and Futurama because it's telling a story. Usually it's like, you know, isolated episodes on the other shows. This is like a continuing story. It's kind of cool. It's also funny. Nice. Nice. Um, Yeah. That being said, watch that show while you're playing Munchkin, and when you're done, probably losing, I want you guys to do do us a favor. Go over to systematicecology.org, hit where it says host, go down to the drop-down menu, hit one of our names, and you'll see everything else that we've been on, all of our other podcasts and all of that. Um, yeah. Uh, that being said, we have some cool things down the pipe for you guys over the summer. We're going to do movie nights. We're all going to recommend different movies and make each other watch them and review them together. We're going to do something similar with some comic books. I think Ryan Doze is going to be joining us once again for some of those. So that'll be Ooh, fun. I hope so. I, I keep getting gypped and I haven't been on the show with Ryan yet. You you need to. It's a, it's a great experience. <laughs> um, so that being said, remember, we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priest.
This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.